Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the You Hate to See It podcast. Uh, we're going into week six of the NFL season. Uh, slight schedule change. We're recording now on Wednesday night. To, 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 that helps some, uh, some of our friends here with their uh, work schedules. It kind of just works better for everybody. So we're going to be recording Wednesday nights from now on, posting on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Um, we appreciate you giving us the listen. Uh, tonight we got Evan and Chewy. Chewy's with us because we got some Nets talk. Fellas, how we doing? Not great. No. What do you mean not great? None of our teams lost in the last three days. I think we're doing yeah, well. Yeah, I, uh, I lost a third of my big three. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. The guy, we've the guy, had, the we've guy had better off. days, but it's the guy October. The took off whenever he wanted. It's October. We're not hitting the panic button yet. All right, so background here. The, the rule, the COVID, you must have the vaccine rule, is only in New York and L.A., or is that for all of California? San Francisco too, not LA Sacramento, and San Francisco. Okay, so the the rule is they cannot be on the premises unless they are vaccinated. Kyrie is claiming. Has Kyrie said he's never getting the vaccine, or is Kyrie saying that he wants more research? First off, no. All right, he had a thing like his people. I guess talked to Shams. Who and are his like, people? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I guess his representation or whatever, but they said he's not anti-vaccine. He just wants to take a stand for the people that have lost their jobs because they chose not to get the vaccine because they were required to get it. So he said he's not anti-vaccine, which is like, well, you know what? Will he get in the future? Maybe. But like as of now, I'm operating under the assumption that he will not be getting it this year. I think the Nets, the Nets are also operating under that assumption. Well, the Nets have to make a decision. Either shit or get off the pot. And they clearly said leave until so he's not playing even the away games. Correct. That's no. what the decision they made. Yeah, because either you're in or you're out. I think that's yeah. right. I think I think that's right. That's the right move. Go ahead, Joe. No, I think I think I, I think the Nets did what, what's best for their organization. I mean, at the end of the day, organization is bigger than one player it don't matter it don't matter who you are and you can't set the precedent of I mean if from around the league it already looked like the Nets you know ran a more player friendly environment but in terms of being a part-time player that that's just something that's not not going to work the optic optics wise it looks terrible it's not something you can sell to the fan base and you can't sell being all in when you have one of your best players coming and going freely so i understand why they made the decision just to be all or nothing but what like what evan was saying he's not necessarily anti-vax which actually gives me the other impression that eventually he's gonna eventually he's gonna cave on the issue i think he just kind of wants to see if if they'll lax it at all um I mean, no, don't care how rich you are. You don't want to lose. You don't want to forfeit 35 million. That being said, I think Kyrie would be the one person <laughs> that would pro- that probably that probably wouldn't care about losing his salary to make a point. But I think Kyrie, I think from Kyrie's perspective, I, you just you're just in too deep and you you've dug your your feet so deep in the ground that there's really no there's really no uh, quick resolution that that would not have you looking like a jackass because if he goes and gets the vaccine tomorrow it's yeah i mean then the other side would be like yeah see you gonna pay pressure everybody and blase blase then if he sits out it's he's selfish so there's really no winning from his perspective i don't get his end goal of being the voice for the voiceless because it, it 
my one criticism of Kyrie is uh, if you're going to be the voice for the voiceless, then actually say what you mean. Don't don't be tweeting out avatar gifs and talking in in code like, bro, if you want to have a voice for the then come out and say it with your own mouth like you you don't you act like you don't have the platform to come out yeah. and say whatever and I'm going to defend Kyrie a little bit as a as a resident Nets hater. And I go out of my way to hate them. And I love the fact that he's not playing. Um, Kyrie does a lot of there's a lot of charity work. He, he is very involved in the community and he keeps it low key, which I like. He's not about it's not about him. He does. He does do a lot of charity work um, and he does stand for a lot. In this case here and not to get political, I don't want people to listen to this show and, and, and have you know, have your moral compass guided by us. We're three stooges that know that have a podcast that very few people, if anybody listens to, but it's a bigger issue. There are people in this country that are getting fired because they're not getting the vaccine because they don't want to get the vaccine. Personally, I'm vaccinated. I'll be open about it. All right. Um, and, you know, if my company said you have to get vaccinated, you know, I probably would because, you know, I'm looking at all the signs, everything like that. Fine. I'll do it. But, a lot of people, I feel like you can't force people to do something, though. We have people do have rights at the end of the day. And this is America as crazy as it is. We live a crazy world we live in today. I think I still think you need to have let people make their own decisions. So, yeah, I I, I, I somewhat agree with that point, too. Like it, they are pushing um, a little too far. And it, it kind of makes you wonder what the the ulterior motives. It's never yeah. just black and white when you're pushing something that hard just a quick quick little story like so my for for people that don't know my mom's a nurse practitioner and she she actually has really bad reactions to flu shots any sorts of vaccination so she was hesitant at first and that's someone that was working all throughout covid and it was only like a month and a half ago they came up to her and they were like listen it's that time if you don't like if people aren't getting vaccinated if you don't want to get vaccinated then we're gonna have to let you go and guess what she did she got her damn vaccination, but at, at the end of the day, that was her choice. That's that's the choice they're leaving people with, and I don't necessarily think that's the that's fair. But I mean, it's it's where we're at in society right now. You we know, would, unprecedented times call for unprecedented. We would be remiss. Measures. We would be remiss, I think, not to talk about this on a, on a broader scale, bigger than just sports. Like your mom is a perfect example of that. That when you know when push came to shove, she's like, okay, am I going to get fired or am I going to get the get, get going to get the shot? I, and that, that's putting her in an impossible position and people got to put a food on the table. Now I know we're getting a little bit more off topic as we get deeper into this, but from Kyrie's perspective, that message he wants to send, I think there's a lot of people in his corner that are saying, you know what? Yeah, this guy is right. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong. You know, I, I think yeah, no. beyond the NBA, and I, you know, and the NBA has kind of kept hush hush on this. They said, <laughs> Brooklyn is your problem. Yeah. That, you know? Brooklyn, they state of New York, you guys figure that out. We, we said we did. The, the problem that Kyrie has, I mean, is that the the NBA players, Association, they agreed to those measures. I mean, if you if he really wanted to make a statement, he should have came out when they when they Who's agreed to, to those circumstances. I mean, he's the VP of the M- NBA PA. And so, like, I don't well, wonder. This isn't a this isn't an NBA problem. This is a local government. It mm-hmm. is problem because, you know, there are unvaccinated players. I think Bradley Beal came out and said that he wasn't vaccinated. And he just happens to play in D.C. where they don't have such stringent rules. So it's – if you want to blame anyone, I don't know if it's – I don't know who's the governor now, but I know the Blasio's in charge. But it's just really unfortunate because just bringing it back to basketball, Nets fans are looking forward to having the whole big three healthy, finally having together for a regular season. 
and being the overwhelming favorites to win the NBA championship. And I still think, I still think deep down, I think Kyrie shows up around December, January because he is a competitor. He's, he's a little, he's a little different. He's a little weird, but you don't become that good at basketball without loving basketball. And he's going to watch his guys go out there competing. He's like, man, I really wish I was out there playing with KD. I really wish I was out there playing with Harden. And he's going to get. Did we just lose everybody? It's Kyrie. And like, he's going to get some backlash for showing up, but he's shown very well that he can tune out this sort of public pressure. So now he's going to get, it's, it's not a comfortable situation for anyone, but without Kyrie, I still think that's are probably no. the favorite to win the championship. They still are. Like you said, he's going to sit home and watch them win. Yeah. But the, the margin of error is, is less. Oh, oh big yeah. deal. Yeah. And so, yeah, to your, to your, to your point, Evan, about getting back to basketball, I think from the net standpoint, I mean, it makes the signing of Patty Mills uh, over the off season, even that much important because that's a guy who can, who essentially is a starting point guard and who can give you those and who can give you solid minutes and he can run with the big three and they can function and they can win a ton of games. And to me, the reason why I'm not panicking as a Nets fan is to what you alluded to. I think eventually Kyrie is going to be back and when they get back and they, they're going to have to gel. I mean, the, the regular season, I mean, it's the worst kept secret in all four major sports leagues that the NBA regular season is so it's not important. It's not important, especially to, especially to a team like Brooklyn, where, what, what can they accomplish in the regular season that's going to that's gonna have anyone's stomach filled at a, as a Nets fan? Even if they were to go 82-0, we, we would not care if they, don't, if they don't get it done in the postseason. So to me, knowing that, and I think when Kyrie eventually does come back, I mean, if that team gets off to a hot start, I mean, then and then what? And then Kyrie comes back and they drop a game to then, – then the whole – then we have to li- listen to Stephen A talking about trade Kyrie. So, I mean, I think he's just setting up – future regular season problems for the Nets. But at the end of the day, I mean, we need, we need to see it in April. Like I wish we can fast forward the regular season almost. I mean, it's not, it's not important for, to us as Nets fans. Like, yeah, we all wanted to watch the big three play, but if it's not happening in the postseason, like, and they're not functioning in the postseason, that's, that's what I care about. So as long as he's back before the playoffs, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy. So that gives him uh, seven months to do all the research and YouTube videos. Whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, question for you guys. If you're his teammate, have you would you think you would have tried to talk him into it already? Or are you like, you know, I'm with you, bro. I got your back. What are you doing? And then follow think- up. Are you then gonna be checking in with him every so often? Hey, did you get the shot yet? Hey, you gonna get the shot yet? What are you what what how would you approach that? Because I feel like Kyrie's kind of like that cat. Like if you give him too much attention, you're like, ah, fuck you, I'm out of here. What do you how do you approach that? I think if you're a teammate, I, I bet you they did try to like, you know, him and Harden and, and Durant are friends and they want to play together. So I'm sure they kind of like, Hey, Kyrie, like, come on. Like we really need you. It's not that bad. I got it. And you know, and here I'm, I'm still alive, but I do think, I don't think they'll be putting the pressure on him. They, I think I'm sure they'll check in like here and there, but they got, they got games to win. Like the Nets still like, having the one seed would be extremely beneficial to the Nets because the East is a little deeper this year. Mm-hmm. And if you could face the eight seed instead of the six seed, that's, that's something you're going to want to be able to do and have home court in a, throughout the playoffs. That's big. So 
And but one thing I'm surprised you didn't break it up. Welcoming back if he does come back, I think being a teammate of Kyrie, you kind of have to accept that these things happen. Like he, I wouldn't gonna, say like he's, he's gonna pull his shit. He's gonna pull his Kyrie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like yeah, it's one man above the law. But you have to get to a point like yes, he's Kyrie. He's gonna do some weird stuff. He might be here. He might not. But when he here, when he's here, he's gonna play hard. So like we saw, he completely disappeared for two weeks, and you know we saw that yeah. during you know in the it's, middle of COVID. None of it's none of it's ideal because I I think their report just came out that the Nets won't offer him a contract extension, which I don't necessarily believe. No, I think, that, I think this is all, you know, the it's Nets all, are leaking this. I, I, think, I, think, I think it's more, it's a, they're trying to put, they're trying to ramp up the pressure on Kyrie's they camp. Eventually it's what to, happening. He's, right now he makes Nets look, look like a bunch of idiots right now. Cause well, I think they look. Yeah. To answer, Nets, to, go ahead, Evan. I was going to say, I think the Nets are doing their best to like actually handle the situation well. Cause I think the clown yeah. show would be, Having Kyrie fly with them on the road and then not even being the no, that'd be worse. Uh, that would look really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Chew. What do you and I'll go ahead and yeah, finish. Okay, finish. No, 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 I'll go, Chew. No, yeah. Go so all I was just, I just wanted to answer your question real quick. I mean, like Evan alluded to, I mean, they're KD, they're friends. I mean, let's no make no mistake about it. The reason why Kevin Durant is on the Nets and why he signed the contract extension was because of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was the first domino to fall, right? There, there's no KD on Brooklyn without Kyrie. So that's a fact that we can't, we can't really forget. And I think, I think, I think KD and Harden know something like they obviously know the inner workings of what's going on with, uh, with Kyrie. It's not like they're in the dark. I mean, you would think you would think a big three that close. I mean, you, they had the open practice the other day in Brooklyn. I mean, did it seem like there was any awkwardness or animosity between between Kyrie and the rest of the team, not at all. So I think I think I, I think they know his end goal, and if they weren't, um, if, and if he wasn't fully committed to eventually coming back, then I think the quotes we would be getting out of them would be a little more agitated and a little more a little more annoyed. You know what I mean? But if you look at all the quotes from Harden and uh, KD. They're fully supportive. Them, I mean, they're like they understand it's Kyrie's choice. Blase, blase. So I think publicly they're going to say that regardless. This is a this is a very. I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I I really yeah. don't. I really don't. I really don't think so. I think if they were is frustrated, then you they would allude to them being frustrated. But they, you haven't seen that at all. They're like it's almost like they know at the end of the day he's going to be back. And yeah. to, to me, to me, the problem with what Kyrie's doing is. Why do those guys have to ask answer questions every day about you? I mean, you if you want if you want to take off, dude, bro, hold your own presser, bro. Like, do an IG live, do a sitting with Kai and light your sage and yeah, and, it's unfair and, to those and, guys that are and explain to for yourself why are you going to have every member of the organization? They can blow out, uh, they can blow out whoever they. But they, I think they play the Bucks opening night, right, or someone. Yeah, and then yeah. and, and all the questions are still going to be about Kyrie. Bro, when, when's he coming back? When's he come? Like, bro, that's not that's that not whole, that whole pregame show is going to be about Kyrie. The middle of the game show is going to be about Kyrie, and the post game is going to be about Kyrie. This is going to be not. And you know why this is? This is another big talking point that yeah. fuel it because, like you said, the regular season isn't that big of a draw. But you know what is a draw? Where's Kyrie? What's going on with Kyrie? Brooklyn Nets, big three. What I think is going to happen. They're going to support him now, but I could definitely see like KD and Harden and Harden at some point say, "Yo, where's the motherfucker at? Yo, where's this guy at? Why isn't he coming?" Like at some point, they're going to say, 
all right, man, let's go. Get the shot. Let's play because we need you. Yeah, and it comes down to when exactly is that going to be? I mean, there's, there's support, and at some point, there's going to be a it's a lot of it's a lot of it's, lot, it's a lot of moving factors that can yeah. that can happen. I mean, what if Harden strains his hammy three weeks into the season? Now we're looking at like, okay, Kyrie, like, we it's come on, like, we need to keep this boat going. I mean, you know what I mean? It's so, a Deshaun Watson situation. It's very similar where you're sitting out where, hey, we have no quarterback, hello, and you're just sitting, you know, just get the hell out of here. So it's the same concept. And, you know, no, no offense to Harden and KD, they are injury prone, especially Harden. We, we do see no. those, you know, tweak stuff here and there. The bigger Over his career, Harden's been pretty solid regular season-wise. I would be worried about KD. I mean, you don't want to have KD and Harden playing 40 minutes every night if it's not absolutely necessary. No. And I when want- you have a big three, it takes off the, the load on everyone, which it can is. catch up to them in the regular, in the postseason. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I want to see last thing on this. I want to see that hypothetically you guys start out slow. That's the one thing you can't have where maybe it's a close game or something were to happen where shit does hit the fan and it's not going according to plan. What's what's the narrative going to be at that point? You know, that's going to make things interesting. And I think a lot of people are rooting for that to happen because they want to see what Kyrie is going to do. Yeah. Cause that's I mean, theater. We got, we got Cam Thomas. Everything's fine. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, like I said, they have Patty Mills. They have Cam Thomas, who's probably going to be the main beneficiary out of that. Maybe he'll crack the rotation and get some minutes. I mean, I think it's going to, I think it's going to create good problems for the Nets. As crazy as it might seem now, I think, I think it will. Even just watching them in the preseason a little bit. I mean, that ball, the ball was moving. It seems like they're making more of a point of emphasis of actually running through their offense completely and they have a, they're loaded with vets. They got big men this year. I mean, I'm super excited regardless of whether Kyrie's playing. And then when, but, whenever he comes back, if he comes back, that's the icing on top of the cake. So let me ask you a hypothetical. Hypothetically, LeBron is on his team. Does Kyrie pull the same thing? Yeah. Okay. 100 percent so Kyrie doesn't care. That's the whole reason about, why he left Cleveland was because of questions. What if like it that. was what if it was a guy like Kobe? <laughs> no, I'm just asking. At what point is this guy going to say, "I, Kobe, I these guys I think, aren't bigger think, than me"? Kobe would stab Kyrie with that Moderna in his sleep. I don't really think you'd give him a much of an option in the matter. No, I think that's a very good question because I want to see it. What's this guy's? I'm not really a breaking point, but what point is, would this guy say, "All right, I'm going to do it because of a certain player on my team"? Because I think he he looks as KD and, and, and Harden as equals them or him a little bit higher. You know, with LeBron, you make the argument LeBron's going to be above him. Kobe's above all of that. So that's kind of where I would – where do you think – you think he would pull the same thing? Definitely not with Kobe, 100%. That's his, that's his, that was his mentor. I mean, he takes so much of his game from him. I think it would just be the ultimate slap in the face. I mean, I don't think he'd have any, any problem doing it to any other person on the face of this planet. But Kobe, nah. No way. No, no, no shot. No, no chance. Ed, do you agree? He has talked extensively how much Kobe meant to him. So if it, if it was going to be anyone that was going to convince him to, you know, just suck it up and do it, it'd be him. But it is what it is. We'll it see. Is is. Long NBA season. If he, sh- like, if he shows up in February, the Nets won't be hurt at all. That's because no. they're good. My only and- worry is, is, is the mileage on K-Day would be the unnecessary mileage. Well, that's why you have th- – they're a little deeper this year. They got that, a nice rotation of bigs. Millsap's going to be a good addition. 
we could get into this all later. We, we could. All right, let's move on. Uh, only one, only one losing, only one depressing losing team is playing this weekend, um, and that would be the New York Football Giants. The Jets have a bye coming off their London trip. Thank God. Um, but early reports is Danny Dimes was at practice today in full uniform with playing a little catch on the side. Um, it's looking like he will play Sunday based off what I'm hearing with the concussion report. That decision has to be made by tomorrow if he could have it be a full go in practice. Right now, they're 10 and a half point dogs at home. With Danny Dimes, they're probably, I think, they eight and a half point dogs at home. And I still think it's going to be a funeral because you have now, you know, you have Jalen Ramsey, correct? This is now, true. Yes, that is true. And you have a wide receiving core that basically is Shepard is probably not going to play or he's going to be limited. Slayton is now in witness protection. Um, Tony coming off as Muhammad Ali impersonation. Uh, th- th- listen, the secret's out on Tony. All right. They know everybody. No one's going to be caught off guard. People were caught off guard in New Orleans. Dallas was caught off guard. I'm going to let you know a little secret. The Rams on Sunday will not be caught off guard by how fast and explosive Kadarius Tony is. He will have a safety over the top wherever he goes. He's going to be bracketed because this guy is fast. He's the, the fa- I think he's one of the fastest route runners in the league right now. We can make I don't that. Know. I don't know about, full, I don't know about bracketing just because I think, I think the saints, not the saints, excuse me, the Rams defense is they're so experienced and they're actually, they're really good in that second secondary. And if you've actually been, if you've been watching the Rams, Ram, Ramsey hasn't been following people as much this this year, they've they've actually been making it a point of emphasis for their defense to play him in the slot and get him more involved in uh more involved in the run game and busting up screens. And it's honestly helped keep him engaged and keep him locked into the game as opposed to you know following following a number one wide receiver and then a quarterback just not staring at him the whole not looking at him the whole game. So I don't think they'll go full out to stop him. I think. I think the Rams defense is just going to try and play their brand of football and hope and hope it's good enough. I mean, that offense is going to put up points on, on that defense. Like I'm, I'm sorry. They're going to, they're going to probably try and make the giants try and play catch up. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see as a terms of, because when you start bracketing, when you talk about bracketing players, that's opening something up. So no, in no, other, actually, let me stop you right there. Opening up to who? Evan Ingram? <laughs> Who? That's what I said. You could bracket Yo, that him was, because that was, in, that, was in my, that was my main point. My main point is you wouldn't do it unnecessarily if the player isn't worthy of that. And I don't, I don't think that they're going to be sitting there watching film like, like petrified, like, yo. No, like, I don't think they are, but they're, you, you literally stop Tony. You don't have an offense. That's what I, 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 that's where we're at right now. Because if you take away Tony's game on Sunday, wh- who did anything? Nothing. You didn't, you didn't have a peep. Because offensive line-wise, I know we're going to have Andrew Thomas back. Guys, there's no other weapons offensively. I mean, Rudolph is older. He gets open, but he's not a big play guy. Evan Ingram, we don't know what the hell he's going to do. If he catches, he's probably going to fumble it. <laughs> so, really, fu- didn't, I heard he got in a fight after the Cowboys game. He stood up for Tony. I like that, that right? he was the one standing up for Tony. No, but I heard he got in a fight with a guy in the Cowboys after the game. Oh, yeah. He, 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 I think what's his face? Somebody bitch slapped him like on the way out, like kind of like shoved him when they were shaking hands. Yeah, it's not great. But I think it's, there's it's, one it's typical giant, Cowboy stuff. That's all. There's, there's one giant piece you guys just haven't brought up yet, and it's that Giants horrible interior line and then arguably the best football player of our generation. That's going to be lining up across the room. So, like, the Cowboys, the reason, like, Tony was able to do a lot of stuff he did, like, the Cowboys defense – Looks good, but they don't have the dogs up front. 
that the Rams do. You got Donald and you got Floyd. There's just there's a lot to no, do gonna, with this gonna, game. Someone's gonna die. Yeah. No, yeah, and that's die. why I. But I last don't year think the Giants did play well against uh, Aaron Donald. Hey, the Jets beat the Rams, so like they can be beat. They can't throw up duds. They're not, un- going they're not unbeatable. Coast. They're not unbeatable. And you know, is it a one o'clock? It's a four o'clock game, right? No, what do you mean four o'clock? I'm pretty sure it's a four o'clock no, game. No, we're home, baby. It's one o'clock. One I you o'clock. know I'm picking up the chicken at 8 30. What do you think this is? I mean, hopefully, you know, long, long flight team yeah. comes in a little sleep. Any anything can happen in NFL. That's what makes it the best, the best league in the world. Yeah. So, I, I mean with we'll Giants are nine and a half right now, they're gonna anticipate uh Jones playing makes them a nice little tease option potentially if the line falls. Um, listen, guys, I don't expect much because honestly, I still think Danny Diamonds can cost. Uh, so I'm, I'm yeah, going. I hope I'm wrong. That, Go ahead, Evan. I would say that if that walk off the field is as bad as it gets, I don't know how you and your right he, mind looking looking at the future of your quarterback could put him out on the field this week, but. In a game, you're probably not going to win anyway, even at full strength. Now I sound like Ryan. God damn it. Listen, (laughs) I'm as optimistic as it gets because I I look at it from a coach and a player's perspective that if we put our game plan, if we do what we're supposed to do, we're going to win this game. And if you don't go in with that mentality as a team, then don't even bother showing up. So I know those guys are going to show up. Hey, we're going to play. We're going to win this game today. And I show up as a fan that way too until kickoff. Um, And then – Obviously, your national anthem's nice, where you feel like you got a shot, and then all all the all hell breaks loose. I don't see them covering. I really, I really don't see the, the Giants being in this one. I think it's going to be. I think the Rams are win by two touchdowns. I think so. I'm I think ta- so too. I disagree. I'm going to take the Giants. That's a lot of points for a West Coast team going the East, and it's not like the the Rams have been winning, but they haven't really been like destroying teams, and the Giants. They've shown they gave the Dallas a tough fight even after losing all those guys. They don't quit. They're going to have they a game quit. plan in place. They fight for Judge. I, I agree. I think they probably lose closer to the seven, but I, I can I can. Really I just see don't see – listen, I, 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 here's my issue. I think our it's a secondary, great game for the Rams, man. Our secondary is atrocious. Like Bradbury is not even half of what he was last year. Like Bradbury is really the biggest disappointment I'm seeing in the secondary right now. So we don't have a shutdown corner like we did last year. We don't have a deep, we have Blake Martinez is out too. So we don't have anything. Leonard Williams is not playing like he was. He's given the same excuse he did as you saw the same. He gave the same response he did when he was at the Jets as to why he can't get to the quarterback. So, and then when we do get home, we don't make the tackle. We don't sack the quarterback. So I see Stafford's going to have a career day. I, 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 Now, I never talk like this, but I've never felt so down going into a game because we did have so many injuries. Full strength, let's go. And when I'm there, I damn well expect to win up until a certain point. Yeah, until, yeah, (laughs) like three plays after kickoff. That's a nice and little measured approach. But, yeah, I think I'm I'm erring towards what you're saying, Derry. I honestly think it's a a get-right game for the Rams. Evan talked about a little bit. I mean, they haven't really looked dominant, especially defensively. I mean, they haven't. They haven't looked like that suffocating defense, and they've already had a couple, a couple uh, division divisional games. So now you, you're looking at a Giants team that's hobbled. I mean, you should be if you're a Rams player and you're the Rams coaches. I mean, you're drooling to get on get your team against on the field against the Giants because it's a it's a perfect opportunity to show up 
and show out. And it's not like Sean McVay has a, has a history of letdowns. I mean, he's going to have his guys prepared. There's going to be a good game plan. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting Stafford. I mean, Cup and Woods to probably have 10 oh, receptions Cooper each. Cup. I forgot. If, oh, my if, God. If, if needed, or they might just show up and run the ball down their throat. I mean, it's really going to be pick your poison to, to me. And I, I'm everybody. I'm expecting I'm expecting a blowout. I'll be I'll be shocked if the Giants keep that game close. I I, I will truly be shocked. I could see a, a big Deshaun Jackson game because people kind of forget he's on that team and he's got a little history. Uh, I, saw, I saw that Everyone comment a knows. mile away, Evan. I saw that comment like I could literally saw it with binoculars coming from three you miles. You saw it away. quicker than I did. They should, they should let him punt was... return for yeah. oh, for good old God. times' sake. They should. <laughs> Maybe he can he even fake like, fumble like, it again. Mary, what do you think about that? Yo, fuck you. I was there. (laughs) I think that was the game where Chewy texted me and goes, and I shut the fuck up. I listen to the stupid radio in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the stupid post game sitting in traffic. (laughs) I did say that. My opening week rant, I was like, I'm tired of losing. I said, I'm tired of Chewy texting me. Telling me to shut the fuck up and go sit in traffic, listen to the post. I'm tired of hearing that. And the fact that, and I was more mad that he was right. And that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> Listening to, we got to do better right there. We got to do better. We got to look at the film. That's all I listen to. So, <laughs> you'll hear the coach talk after the game. I am the king of coach talk. And my dad freaks out. I'm like, dad, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. Like the days of Tom Coughlin doing that, the old school guys, they're done. Like, because everybody gets offended. Now, all these players are all soft. They can't hit the public criticism. It's got to be. And everything's a story in New York, too. It is. It, 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 more so now than even if it was 10 years ago. When you, when you got to rip a player, you got to sit him down. You got to politely tell him that he's a piece of crap. Basically, <laughs> is how you tell him. Politely say you suck and you have to do better without telling him that. So that he doesn't leave the meeting thinking, oh, wow, I got my ass kicked. Oh, OK. Coach is a good guy. OK, great. We're still, we suck. Oh, oh, and 90. Here we go. All right. Oh, and 10, three and seven. What's it going to be? So, um. <laughs> Um, you guys want to go first? What game stick out to you? You can go first, Joe. No, nah, Dario, go ahead, man. All right, I'll bounce steal from anybody. Um, to me, what jumps out? Minnesota, Carolina. All right. Uh, really? Yeah, because I want to know who, who's for real. Who's for real? I mean, Minnesota always says it's, it's this year, it's this year, it's this year. Sam, you got off to a hot start. And now you're looking like now you're starting to, you're starting to regress because obviously now you got no no Christian McCaffrey. It's starting to catch up to him. If the Panthers are still as for real as they think they are, they go to they're going to go to Minnesota and they're going to uh, they're going to Minnesota's going to come to them and they're going to beat them. Um, and if Minnesota's for real, they're going to go to Carolina and they're going to dog walk them. So there you go. This is a proven game for two teams. Yeah, that's why it sticks out to me. And I love Sam Donald. Yeah, I love big a big Sam guy over here, but I, I kind of have I, ha, I have two games, Evan. So I'm sorry, I'm kind of leaving you with shit, or you can just piggyback off of what I go. Um, one game I obviously want to see is a matchup of two potential MVP candidates. I mean, it just jumps out at you, Justin Herbert, who's playing out of his mind, who's making his GM look great. 
Staley looks like a genius. The way they manage the clock when they're down, I mean, I will hope the Jets watched all of that Chargers-Browns game on their flight home from London because it was, it, it was really beautiful watching. I mean, they had an answer to everything. Every time the Browns scored, they scored. I mean, I think there was 48 points scored in the in the fourth quarter. It was it was amazing football, not defensively, but still, still regardless. And then you have Lamar Jackson on the other side, who's coming ball, probably, probably the best passing performance of his career. I mean, he's doing it with a bunch of, he's, he's, he's been put in a situation where he doesn't have the elite backs to hand it off to. I mean, his receiving core has been hobbled and I mean, he's making Hollywood Brown look like a true number one receiver who I never thought he would ever look like off watching his past uh, two seasons. So I think I think that game is, is that's going to be that's going to be must see TV. And then uh, just quickly, quickly, how 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 can we not watch Geno Sunday night against the hobbled Big Ben? Oh, I, mean, let's go. I mean, I I mean, you're talking about a guy who was casted away. People forgot he was in the league. I mean, I forgot he was in the league. And I mean, he looked pretty he looked pretty good under given the circumstances. I mean, yeah, that interception was bad. That was Bad Gino, bad Gino. No, nah, that wasn't Gino, even on but, Gino. The guy oh, fell down. Right, bad, right, I hate but still, I but still, hate but still, Gino. if you're a Jets fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If if not, then you don't know. But you, we, when you needed to get it done, you couldn't get it done. That's what it comes down to. But the jive before that, he looked sharp. The offense looked functional. I mean, I'm feeling good about DK Metcalf in my lineup. I'm feeling all right about playing a little Tyler Lockett. I mean, well, I think I think the Seahawks can really uh, sneak out a win if they. Uh, if, if if they because it's not like the Steelers' offense is uh anything special. I mean, so we'll see. I Should think that'll be an interesting Sunday. You night want to game. hear the biggest the, the biggest bullshit on Geno Smith ever that happened to me? So my dynasty league, I have two quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Russ goes down, so I don't really have a true backup. I said, "Fuck it, these guys don't get hurt. I'll, I'll roll the dice, and I'm getting burned now." So I go to the free agency, and there's Geno Smith, and we can bid. We have up to a hundred dollars to bid. So I bet I bid 15 bucks thinking I'm the only one that is going to pick up Geno Smith here because who the hell, first of all, wants Geno Smith and who the hell would get him to actually start him? Me, because I need him. I have Russ. Come this morning, Geno's not on my team. Someone outbid me for Geno Smith and spent $85 on Geno Smith. The son of a bitch is Tobin. If you remember who Tobin is, I went to King's College and he's a piece yeah, of crap. He's a, he's, a career, he's a career idiot. So he thinks he's going to hold me hostage for Geno Smith and turns 85 bucks into a couple of players or some draft picks because he thinks I'm desperate. Well, news to you, fuckface. I'd rather lose with eight than give you the satisfaction of holding me hostage. So I am not going to, I will not talk to him about a trade. I'll talk to Evan and see, but if I don't like it, I'm that I will lose. I, I, I have too much pride for that. I will lose before I, I give in to these people, to these animals. Okay. So and noted, Dario, you do not negotiate with terrorists. Understood. No, <laughs> Can't coach Evan. them. Cannot play with them. Can't do it. <laughs> Evan, Evan, your game of the week, sir. All right. My game of the week. I'm going to have to go with the Browns and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Cardinals mm-hmm. haven't lost yet. The Browns are a huge test. I know the, I know they beat the Rams, but, the Rams are coming off a big emotional primetime game, so that might have been a letdown game. The Browns are looking to bounce back after what happened again. Then it gets the Chargers. The game was there to win it. Baker Mayfield is not good enough to march the team down the field with, with a minute left, which is not surprising because you know he's kind of mediocre as a quarterback. But it's a great matchup. Miles Garrett is twice the size of Kyler Murray and just as fast, so. 
that's going to be a fun little uh, cat and mouse game they play back there. The uh, the Cardinals defense is going to be a real test for them. I know the Rams are another tough matchup, but they have not faced a team that can pound the rock as consistently as physical, physical. as the uh, as the Browns. Yeah, the, the Browns like you leave that game, you're black and blue. Like no one wants to play the Browns. Like even even if they don't like play well, they're going to beat you up because they're big, they're strong, and they're going to run down your throat. So it'll be a fun game. It's it's one I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Anytime you can get Herbert on the field, and not Herbert on the field. Anytime you get Murray on the field against a good defense, it's 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 fun to watch. He's I don't know if he's the MVP right now. I feel like we went through a stretch on Sunday where four different people made their case for MVP. It was like I was like, oh, Murray's the MVP. It was like, oh no, actually it might be Herbert. And then it's like, oh wait, maybe it's Josh Allen. And then Lamar is like, yep, don't forget about me. So it's it's going to be a fun back and forth watching this MVP race. And you know what? Murray can get some momentum back when he uh, he lights up this Browns defense, which is, you know, as we saw last week, he'll give up 40 points against the right team. So it should be a lot of fun. And since we're sneaking in the extra game, I'm kind of interested to see how Mac Jones plays against the Cowboys. You sure. can't beat the Cowboys with field goals, which, you know, when he's won, he beat the Jets because Zach Wilson threw four picks. And he beat the Texans and every other game. Like, yeah, it was there for them to win, but he could not move the ball in the red zone. He couldn't move the ball inside the 40. So let's see, like you, you can't beat the Cowboys. If you're going to score 18 points, you need a score in the high twenties. Unless that defense puts together an awesome performance. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that, especially as I know Ryan isn't here as, as the resident Mac Jones, pessimist slash hate slash hater. Mac Jones fan club. He's got a real uh, he's got a real opportunity to make me look stupid on uh I don't know if that's the something no it's not something I think that's America game of the week or something. Yeah. yeah. Two points I want to hit on. First, the Brown the Browns. Um to me, what I'm looking for, I mean, you got it, you can't you can't pay a guy twenty million dollars to have him on a milk carton every Sunday. I mean, I mean, Odell, bro. Come, come on, bro. I know you're coming off injury. Like you guys have to, you guys have to have some sort of connection. I mean, I know your offense just scored 41 points, but to me, if your defense, if your defense is giving up 47, I mean, that just screams, uh, reallocate our resources a little better. I mean, they've been spending draft picks on, on, on defensive player after defensive player, Del Pitt, they have greedy Williams, uh, Denzel Ward, the list goes on, the list goes on and you still can't get a stop. And then you have a, a $20 million receiver that you don't even think to, you know, featuring your game plan. So that's my, that's my big problem with the Browns. And I, I'm going to be on the Browns uh, courtesy of uh hitman, Tom Hughes, shout out to him. Shout We're out. on the Browns this week. Shout out. But, but if they don't, if they don't find more ways to get Odell incorporated, I mean, I don't, I don't like them as a, I don't see them as a long, long term come out of the AFC. And second, Mac Jones, you, I mean, Evan, Evan hit the nail right on the head. I mean, dude, Dak Prescott is rolling in with that offense and they are going to score points. So they're going, they're going to score points. So can you keep up? Um, it's about not settling for field goals as Evan alluded to. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun matchup. And as always, I mean, I, I find myself rooting for the Cowboys a lot of Sundays more often than not. I mean, I feel like, they're just they're, the per- they're just the perfect villain. I I don't know. It's like you when you one Sunday you're beating the Giants and you get to go to New England, help us out a little bit. I mean, it's so it's always fun. 
watching the Cowboys. And I, I mean, Dak, I said it, I said it at the beginning of the season, comeback player of the year, lock. No, he's playing out of his mind. Lock. He really is. It's a lock. Now, he, he, and he deserves, he's a good, he's a good guy and he's good for football. As much as I hate Dallas and I hate Aikman, and I hate Jerry Jones. I think Dak Prescott is good for the NFL. You know, you know how bad of an offensive coach Jason Garrett is like Jason Garrett had us thinking like Dak Prescott might be like a mediocre quarterback. That's how bad Jason Garrett is. When I mean, Dak Prescott's a top five dude right now, like come on. And that yeah. or further echoes the point we got to get the hell Jason Garrett the hell out of town. Now, yeah. granted, he, he coached Yo, a great game against New Orleans. Gotcha. You know what Daniel Jones should do? He should walk in to the Giants meeting room and write vanilla on a on a whiteboard in front of Jason Garrett and see and see how where that goes from there for his offense. What do you think about that, Daria? Wait, one more time. I said he should go. I said he should write vanilla. He oh, should write vanilla yeah, yeah. on the whiteboard <laughs> for Jason Garrett. But, but that see how that works out for him. It's very vanilla. <laughs> the most vanilla. Actually, the most interesting we got was when he had Tony back there, quarterback for a play. But oh, uh, I got excited. And then how do you not snap it to him again? How do you how do you run that play from the seven and not run it again on the two? I don't I don't I don't understand. I thought he I was getting ready for it. A Tony keep. There's there's you know, moments that Garrett looks really good as an OC, and then there's moments. Like, why wouldn't you really come good. right back to it? It worked. Because we know if why I we saw, overcoach. We overcoach. If I saw Kandarius Tony direct snap jump pass, like you know how Tebow used to do, run up yeah, to the line, and he like he he, do he, it. leak the tight end. I'd lose my mind. I'd I'd hire Jason Garrett as. I'd, I'd give him a five year deal as a offensive coordinator right now if he did that. But you know he's he 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 does half measures. He gets he gets kind of creative. He doesn't get his creative as he, he could be he he's very conservative listen i think he's the perfect guy for why what they for the reason why they hired him they hired him to be like a veteran voice in a young coaching staff with a first year head coach and like a joe judge um but don't forget we also have fast freddy kitchens in the wings too and we saw him on an interim basis come in you know and, and get baker mayfield out to the point where he parlayed that into a fucking head coaching job Obviously, crash and burn, but you know there is somebody. There is an alternative because I'm always like, "Who are you going to fire him? Who are you going to replace him with?" So we do have an alternative. Um, but then the the backdrop is there's injuries. You know, Garrett's not working with a full deck of cards here. So yeah. oh, this I mean, offensive line looks atrocious. I think my uh, problem with Garrett is is like you just can't be you can't. I mean, like you alluded to his like veteran presence and what he brings to the table from that aspect, but like. You can't be so stuck in the ways that you're afraid to like look around the league and see what other teams are doing. I mean, the perfect example was uh was the Bills Chiefs game. I mean, I thought I was watching the Ravens offense. I mean, they essentially ran the Ravens offense to beat Kansas City. I mean, they were running Josh Allen, quarterback power read, and the Chiefs couldn't stop it. And they knew the Chiefs couldn't stop it because that's how that's how uh, that's how the that's how the Ravens beat them. I you mean, saw the tape and things like that. I mean, I saw I saw the Browns uh, run the I don't know if it was the Browns or the Chargers, but the 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 underhand pass. Who threw the underhand pass on the on the two point convert? I mean, it's just little little things like that. I mean, don't be afraid to go outside your own frame of no, thinking. We, we are in our own the, lane. Yeah, the, the 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 teams that do it the best, it works for a reason. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, and that's my message to. Our 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 buddy um, MLF Le Fleur, who's watch some who's watch some film before seriously watch some film seriously look we're Please. gonna listen this is gonna be an entertaining week obviously you have the John Gruden stuff in the background um, for the Raiders and what they're gonna how they're gonna come out this week you got a lot of a couple storylines but 
it's probably gonna be a funeral on uh, on Monday. So, all we're right, black. fellas, we got it. We got anything else you want to cover? Or we're good. Nah, right. uh, I don't know. We I think we hit it all. All right. Well, hey, thank you for listening. Uh, one more thing, New York, we here. We're shooting the lights on the preseason, baby, and we'll be there opening night. Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, three!